You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Thrash and Kill, here for another episode of the Toilet of Hell Radio Show. Joined again, of course, by the Golden Boy, 365 Days of War, the Jordan. The Jordan, how are you? I am the good. How are you, the Joe? Uh, doing my best, man. Coming off another long stretch of days at the hospital, trying to care for simultaneously psych patients that are fucking everything up and pissing on the floor and uh, people that are like legitimately sick and stuff. So... Uh, For me, it was just Tuesday. <laughs> uh, you know, we never talk about this. How's your job going? Uh, I mean, I hate every day of it, but <laughs> <laughs> that's work. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just life, man. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's it's an office job. The benefits are good enough to keep me there for now. So. Yeah, that's that's you're kind of chained to uh, your employment that way. It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, people remember uh, I used to have my own office, and now I have to. I'm in like a suite with other people, but it's weird for me. Uh, I mean, part of it is we only like work in the same office one day a week, but it still feels like I'm in my own office because no one really interacts with me, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just they're just not used to me being there or they forget about me. Or, like, they're scared of me because I'm not, like, super chatty. Like, when everyone's talking about, like, what movies they've seen or, you know, they went clothes shopping this weekend and I'm just, like, in my corner doing my work with my headphones on. So I'm sure it's a whole combination of stuff, but it's just kind of like, um, I'm here. You could say hello to me. It's okay. <laughs> I am a human boy with human feelings. You're not putting out the right vibes. No, I know like... I'm not. But, like, I don't, kind of don't feel like it. <clears throat> I uh, no, I, I definitely get it. Uh, I work with a bunch of chatty Cathy's, of course, uh, and uh, a lot of them are a lot younger than me. So I like to joke about you know being so much older than everybody else. Um, the other day, uh, I had a couple of uh, Mexican Zoomer uh, guys that were in in the same like nursing pod with me. And they were they were asking me like when I graduated high school, and mm -hmm. uh, I struggled to remember the year, but uh, I eventually got it out. They're like, "Dang, you know, I think one of my uncles is about your age." Like, did everybody have big subwoofers in the back of their trucks back then? And I was like, you know what, they did. I had them. <laughs> I had a conversation this week with someone, and we were just talking about uh, like media manipulation and deep fake AI stuff. And they were like, you know, I was kind of, I was born in 2000, so I was really on the cusp of, you know, changing technology. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, Yeah, man. No, like uh, I had a, a child come into uh, that I had to, you know, basically put a Band-Aid on because, you know, it's rare that kids actually come into the hospital. They're actually sick, but uh he was born the same year that I graduated college. I was like, fuck. <laughs> That's too young. That's not acceptable. Yeah. Hated that. Anyway, so uh, these kids were just like, wanted to hear about the glory days of like uh, fucking Lil John and Ying Yang twins and shit like that, which I really hope that that kind of uh, like ringtone rap era is really making a comeback uh, with the younger generation. I think that's that'd be a fun surprise for everybody. Text 325 to Blingy to get your little John ringtone. Yeah, text 423 to get King Kong. <laughs> to get Annoying Frog. 
Yeah. Oh, fucking crazy frog. Yeah, man. Yeah, Cultural icon. Did you ever have ringtones on your phone? I never did. Uh, I had an old cell phone through college, and mm-hmm. it was one of those like pay per minute. You only get 60 minutes a month thing because I, oh, yeah. I never needed it. Yeah. So had one of those and then got a hand me down. And then finally, when that died, got a smarter phone. Man, uh, I didn't get a smartphone until after I graduated college either. And when I was in college, I would get so mad at people like, please quit texting me. This shit costs money. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I didn't start texting until I had one of those phones too. And like the plan just was like, yeah, yeah, text all you want. Yeah, but I do remember uh, pretty distinctly that uh, people did not have like their phones on vibrate. And that was not a phenomenon until about 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even tell you what my ringtone is. It's just on vibrate all the time. Yeah, same. Uh, but old people, old people fucking love having their phones at full blast and mm-hmm. answering every because sp- I deal with this every fucking day, Jordan. I'm like trying to triage somebody. And they keep answering their fucking phones that are ringing so loud. It says unknown caller and they answer it anyway. And they get so frustrated when it's a fucking spam call. It's like, you are the target, you asshole. Just don't answer the phone. Those are the only people calling you. Your children are not calling you. Yeah, it's like if and I say this all the time, lady, if you don't know the number, just don't answer the phone. It's not for you. God damn. Sorry, I'm getting really mad here. I didn't mean to get this mad this early in the show. Do you remember when people used to have ringtones that you could listen to? When oh, you the, ri- the ring back phone. Yeah, because like if if you're calling me, I really, really, really want you to listen to a few seconds of I Miss You by Blink-182. <laughs> the first time I experienced it, I had to call someone like four or five times because I didn't know what was happening. Man, uh, what a cottage industry that, you know, got shuttered basically overnight. Uh, that was, a, by the way, uh, if, if folks are not familiar, that was not a uh, cultural phenomenon that made people stop doing that. It was actually uh, the government stepping in because all of these ringtone things were so fucking predatory. It was like, you know, you just pay 99 cents to download, um, you know, this Lil Wayne song as your ringtone. And then you get a recurring charge every month of forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Like that was the last time Congress actually did anything half worth half a shit was they shut all of these businesses down. And they like had commercials on TV all the time for them. Because it was insanely profitable yep. to sell somebody a ringtone for like a penny and then charge them 50 bucks a month for nothing. <laughs> they all moved to uh, just the pay to play video games on your phone now that kids accidentally download when they're on mommy and daddy's tablets oh absolutely and then you know if the money is dried up there if they get shut down by congress they moved on to crypto schemes nfts and now ai Um, you know, I know we spend a lot of time on this show focusing our ire on all of the crypto nft ai people but like they really deserve it because they are the scum of the fucking earth dude they are hurting uh, everyone. So uh, because uh, Congress no longer exists to do anything that can possibly help somebody, I think we're stuck with this generation of scammers and schemesters, I'm afraid. Until one of them gets scammed and schemed by it, and they're old enough where it could happen, so maybe they'll do something once it personally affects them. Like oh, when man. a celebrity gets behind uh, a charity for a disease because they have it now. <laughs> 
You're just hoping. You're just hoping that Ebola makes a big comeback with these uh, with these crypto guys. Um, Jordan, today uh, I don't know if you know about this. It is uh, today is the big the big game. Yes. So we're recording this obviously before the game happened. So by the time you listen to the show, Joe may be the richest person ever, covered in gold and diamonds and jewels, or he may be uh, on the side of the road with a cup in his hand. That's true. Uh, I like to uh, I like to gamble on football. I've been doing it for a long time since before it was legal and therefore uncool. Um, and this is you know basically uh, this is basically my Super Bowl. <laughs> so, this Super Bowl is my yeah, Super Bowl exactly because I, I uh, start every season uh, betting only football games, and then whatever I have left in my account is what I put on it. the big game, or as I like to call it, the superb. Owl. Oh, drink. you're so creative. Oh, oh, oh. oh delightfully sinful. Uh, so when when you gamble on these things, are you doing a fan duel or are you like no. talking to Slick Jimmy and putting a, a dime on the first quarter? It is much closer to Slick Jimmy, but it is not moving in dimes because I am a cheap motherfucker. So like five dollars on the coin flip. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I'll put in a bunch of, like, small-time bets or, like, something for, like, a, a bigger parlay, but I'm I'm never betting more than, like, 40 bucks on a game. That is uh, that is insane to me. But I bet on a lot of games, so, you know, it's, it's whatever. It adds up. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know, uh, God, I'm trying to remember it. I think it was Darren Rovell, uh, the, the sports Twitter guy. He posted a picture of his losses on college sports this season. It was something like $27,000. And it's like, man, you should fucking check yourself into uh, Gamblers Anonymous or something like that. How do you live with yourself? You should watch the end of the commercial where they give you the phone number for <laughs> gamblers who need help. So anyway, all of that to say is uh, I, I think um, that so... For this, uh, San Francisco is like a four-point favorite, but they are not winning this game. I just don't see it happening. We shall see. I might be colored. My uh, my emotions might be colored here because uh, all of I think my worst memories are associated with San Francisco beating a DFW team <laughs> in some kind of clutch time event. <laughs> they do have a history of doing that. Yeah, I know. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, thirty-eight, thirty-four Chiefs. All right, that seems like a pretty. Yeah, that's yeah that i i believe that absolutely um so this is where we could shoehorn something like why won't why won't why don't they let metallica play the halftime show because they're afraid of real real heavy metal right yeah that, that must be it <laughs> uh is it usher this year that's performing i think so i feel like he's there every other every few years am i wrong He's a safe person to pick. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, he was in the faculty. You can't go wrong with him. Shit, he was in the faculty. <laughs> I forgot about that. I saw it maybe two or three weeks ago. It was just on TV. I'm like, well, I know what I'm watching for the next 40 minutes. Huh, I might have to do the same. Uh, did it hold up? Oh, it still holds up. It's really good. And I, I, it's uh, I'm in my era now of they don't make movies like this anymore. Like I just watched Ten Things I Hate About You <laughs> yesterday, and they don't make movies like that anymore. And they don't make movies like The Faculty anymore. I I hate to say it, Jordan. I've been doing the same thing. Like I'll put on a movie on Tubi, and like halfway through, I'll turn to my wife and say, "Like can't make a movie like this anymore." 
because of woke, you know, because it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it does feel like uh, there is a lot of, uh, I don't know, artistry or whatever that has been uh, shuffled away from uh, mainstream film that you might see in like, you know, your your kind of C tier film that would be in your megaplex back in the day. Um, while it's relevant, I might as well mention this to you, Jordan. Uh, I had mentioned that I, uh, on my movie bench recently, uh, watched, uh, uh, sexy beast from the director that also did under the skin, the super tight, like, uh, uh, alien movie, uh, where there's no dialogue. He put out a movie that's in theaters right now. It's up for best picture called zone of interest, Jordan. Uh, this movie is about, uh, Rudolf Hess, hanging out at home with his family right next to uh, the gates of Auschwitz. And I got to tell you, Jordan, this is one of the singularly worst films I've ever seen in my life. It wasn't a laugh riot. It wasn't anything, Jordan. There was nothing there. Uh, absolutely nothing that you could state like, oh, the banality of evil. It's like, I get it. Okay. But at the same time, the movie starts with three minutes of a black screen with a kind of halfway there score and then nothing. And it, it's it's like you're torturing me for no fucking reason here. One of my worst movie going experiences was sitting through Terrence Malick's Tree of Life. Oh, fuck. What an abysmal movie. <laughs> I almost screamed in the theater and this movie. <laughs> like I really had to tamp down the urge to do it because that's one of those you know, directors jerking off for two hours, showing clips of nothing and minimalist whispering and just nothing makes sense. And you waste your time and you waste your money and you leave pissed off. Yeah, that was uh, that was my experience of own interest. So um, I was looking at the uh, betting odds on uh, Best Picture <laughs> nominees. That one is not not really got a, got a chance here. <laughs> so you're not going to make a long bet on it and hope for the best. No, uh, simply because I've seen it and nobody's nobody's getting behind that shit. All right. Suppose we should talk about metal things, should we? I guess. Uh, we don't really have to if you don't want to. Might as well. It's a metal shit. All right. So the funny story that we all saw this week was uh, Sharon and Ozzy uh, doing... I, I actually saw the, uh, the Hard Times uh, had just an insanely beat perfect uh piece on this saying that uh you know old man uh accidentally uh makes the right call against uh rapper <laughs> well, what i saw was something like old man that hates rap on the right side of history yeah 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 but, but i take issue with that because ozzy has a long time of like lending his music to rappers wait does oh, well i mean i recall distinctly uh the little contract let's go that sampled crazy train and was incredibly dope <laughs> Well, he did a song with Busta Rhymes in the 90s. This means war. Oh, that's that. right. Uh, what else What else did he have here? Let's see. Ozzy Rap. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, is... Take What You Want featuring Ozzy Osbourne and Travis Scott. I don't, I don't recall that one. Ozzy Osbourne, It's a Raid featuring Post Malone. Hard pass. But these exist. They do exist. They did. By the way, I, I drove past a uh, Raising Cane's the other day that had a giant billboard above it that pointed downwards, and it said, "This is Post Malone's Raising Cane's." <laughs> so does that matter to people? It, I guess it matters to some people. If you wanted to get uh, crappy uh, fried chicken, you know, from uh, the place that's owned by a celebrity versus the one across the street, I guess. 
they actually opened the very first Raising Cane's not too far from me around here like a month ago. And they already made the news because a, a high school girl saved a man from choking to death. <laughs> How the fuck you choked to death on boneless chicken, you motherfucker? <laughs> it must have been inhaling it. <laughs> it was just a vacuum sound. and <laughs> So um, she gave him the Heimlich and they gave her $10,000 scholarship for college. So that's very well, nice. Good for her. That'll cover a half a semester. That'll be three books, please. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like, uh, I guess, I guess they were a little bit, uh, wrong on Ozzy's character there. Uh, yeah, might... well, I mean the hard times in the onion now are just, here's a funny headline and like no story behind it. Oh yeah. No, I haven't actually read a uh, hard times uh, story in years now. Like their business model is just have a clever headline. So people share it on Twitter. See, I really liked, uh, the onion spinoff click hole. Do you remember that one? I do. Yeah, but again, the, I never read or watched any of those. There was just the headlines being shared on social media. Oh man, I there was some great long form content on Clickhole. Um, but again, uh, thanks to the Gawker Media Group getting fucking destroyed, uh, shit's not really around. Uh, anyway, moving on here. Uh, story: the headline was that um, Ozzy Osbourne decided uh, not to allow. Uh, Kanye West uh, to sample War Pigs uh, for uh, one of the tracks from his new record. Is that right? That's correct. And it was uh, mislabeled by Ozzy in his statement as being Iron Man. Oh, <laughs> well, he's a, he's a very old man with Parkinson's. It's fine. Uh, anyway, um, that seems like uh, that seems fine to me. Like uh, you have, if you own the rights, which if you're lucky enough to do, which seems like he is to uh, decide who can give you money to use your music, you should probably exercise uh, some restraint with that. Uh, Kanye, who has been in a very public, uh, I don't know, like uh, flame out for, I guess what's going on like 15 years now. Uh, recently uh, said some pretty bizarre things about Jews and then you know, to soften his image a little bit, uh, was seen in public wearing uh, Pest Noir uh, shirts. So, uh, Burzum. And, and no, Burzum as well. He, I, did you see the one with him straight up wearing the Pest Noir shirt? No, that's not a mistake. Yeah, no, that's, that's a very intentional one. Uh, I did hear someone say, actually, that was the first record. That was the one that had the guy from Alcest on it. So he gets a pass. And I got to say, no, man, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> So he, uh, here's the uh, here's the statement that Ozzy, or at least Ozzy's PR person, put out on social medias. Kanye West asked permission to sample a section of a 1983 live performance of Iron Man. As we mentioned, it's not Iron Man's so work. Yeah. From the U.S. Festival without vocals and was refused permission because he is an anti-Semite and has caused untold heartache to many. He went ahead and used the sample anyway at his album listening party last night. I want no association with this man. That's uh, that's pretty pretty clear, I would say. What do you think? That's a good statement. I mean, I'm sure when Ozzy said it, there was a lot more. Uh, of... It's a fucking cut. It's a fucking cut, isn't it? <laughs> right. There were more swear words in there. But yes, it is a good, clear statement. And of course, it was then flooded by Nazis on social media. Of course. Uh, which I got to say, um, <clears throat> Twitter right now is, of course, the worst it's ever been. Uh, but for example, if you, um, 
look at anything the libs of TikTok uh, lady tweets now. Uh, I blocked her, but I, I understand yeah. who you mean. Uh, yeah, the horrible, horrible person. Um, you have, uh, you know, uh, awful suburban fascists that are like, yes, I agree with you. We need to kill all these trans people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but now uh, at least half of the responses are uh, you are a Jew. Um, and I feel like <clears throat> no, no fan of the, uh, the libs of TikTok lady, but that's not a, that's not a good development for like the hard right to have. <laughs> now, everything is bad and overwhelming and Twitter is like ground zero for all of that now. Yeah. Anyway, like it, it makes me yearn for the days where Twitter used to be someone saying, I love pickles. Um, yeah, I things seem like they're moving in uh, in, in bad directions right now. But at the very least, we have our beloved old band rock stars to say, like, I'm going to shut this shit down right now, as he should. Um, <clears throat> uh, Sharon Osbourne says, the simpler thing is we don't want to be associated with a hater. To spread hate the way he does, it shouldn't be allowed. All the excuses, he's bipolar or whatever, doesn't change that. It's like, fuck you, basically. What do you think about that? Uh, Ozzy was somehow more eloquent. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, I understand the point, and Sharon is Jewish. So mm. perhaps there's a more personal reason for her to want to get out ahead of this, but... Yeah, it's their stuff, and they don't want to be associated with a virulent anti-Semite who is in a very public spat, fight, whatever you want to call it, with an entire religion. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Um, Kanye has a new record that's just came out, I think. Um, the whole album cycle has been uh, putting out um, rips of uh, Burzum records and shit like that like the vultures um album art is a pretty clear rip of uh of a burzum record and um you know i think that <clears throat> you and i have been around on the internet for a long time uh so we've seen several cycles of people discovering um mayhem and burzum making it their whole personality and then hopefully uh feeling ashamed about that a couple of years later uh but this kind of thing starts and stops all the time so uh, I see that he is entering yet another edgy teenager phase at the age of, I think, 46. Hmm. And this is a whole new avenue of people getting into that sort of thing. It's not just people who like rock or metal. These are people who have never been exposed to these sorts of bands. So it's going to create, a, at least for part time, a new generation of people who like or pretend to like this sort of thing. Um I mean, just by where I work on the sidewalk, there's graffiti that says Kanye was right. So hmm. I have concerns about this sort of stuff. Uh, I don't know, man. Seems seems bad. Um, More than anything, it's just like, God, uh, you're like a middle-aged man. This is fucking lame as shit. And the devotion that so many people seem to have for Kanye is... um embarrassing for example here are you familiar with jpeg mafia i know the name yeah he's he's featured on the uh the new kanye record um and he tweeted this yesterday um he said and i'm quoting this directly here y'all thought i was dick riding yay from a distance nah i was right up on it great what the fuck dude Wait, what exactly do you mean by that statement? That is a bizarre thing to say. 
Anyway. I guess he's a fan. I guess he and is intimately a fan. involved. All of this deeply embarrassing. What do you think? Ozzy and Sharon come out on top on this one. Uh, once again, um, we we keep counting him out. He keeps coming right back. He's like the Undertaker. You think he's down? He just sits right back up. It's true. It's true. Um, where do you where do you think we go from here? Do you know? Uh, it, it's it's one thing to have like your edgy early '90s black metal phase, but like, does he go to like uh, you know harsh noise wall from here in order to keep upping the ante? Uh sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he probably has to worry about his school closing or whatever insane thing he's going to say next that'll cost him money and endorsements and apparently there's still people out there that want to listen to this sort of uh, thing so i don't know i keep seeing uh for years i've seen people going to like um these uh album release events that kanye does where he basically hangs out in the rafters like sting for four and a half hours making people wait out there for no good goddamn reason uh before eventually playing like a couple of songs at like 3.30 in the morning, uh, and people seem to go apeshit for that. They pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go in there uh, and look at a guy in a mask for about 15 minutes and hear uh, somebody hit play on their uh, their MacBook. Um, how do we get these people to give us money, Jordan? I don't know. This is something that we need to be working on. Maybe we could sell them ringtones. The ringtone's going to come back. I think it will anyway. Um, moving on here a little bit. <clears throat> uh, this is this seems like a very important headline that we need to talk about. <clears throat> Scott Stapp says, New Creed music has to come naturally, spontaneously, and from a pure place of art and creativity. Jordan, do you agree or disagree? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> It's whatever. I think people just want to hear the hits. They don't want new music. No. Uh, by the way, yeah, I was I was working with another Zoomer coworker uh, who uh, had put uh, Spotify on uh, her computer to play uh, music for all of us without uh, our consent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, the the Spotify channel that she chose. She explained this to me. She wanted a mix of Avril Lavigne. Mm -hmm. Um. And Creed. Uh, oh, sorry, okay. Avril Lavigne, Creed, and Nickelback, specifically. Okay. This was not an ironic choice at all. She told me, very straight face, like, this this music, like, I would hear this when I was a little girl, and it meant so much to me. <clears throat> so, um, that is possibly, like... A Nickelback revitalization could be in the works, you know, and, and for the for the younger generation, people uh, uh, unironically getting into, say, like uh, how you remind me and rock star things like that. What do you what do you think about this? But they never went away. I just They've been putting out music and playing consistently from when this person was young till now. So why why the need for a revival when you don't need to be revived? I guess I always assumed you, you were revived. I guess this, I always assume the average Nickelback fan was probably well in their 40s by now. Uh, having um, having a group of people in their like 20s that's into this, that seems inconceivable to me because I guess I've never met an actual Nickelback fan. 
they're out there. They aren't they a diamond selling band? Oh shit, they probably are, yeah. Uh so okay. Yeah, I guess I guess that I'm finally exposed to the, you know, the the normies, the people that uh, are actually buying these records. <laughs> How does it feel? uh it feels weird, man. It feels like I've been uh, living in Plato's cave or something like that. You know, stepping out of uh, that into the sunlight and seeing that it's all people that like really followed uh, Avril Lavigne and Chad Kroger's divorce, like with <laughs> with a fair amount of uh, of uh, attention, rapt attention to it. Well, you can bust out the old nickel back for her and be like, this is the real stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is you don't know anything about leader of men. Have you <laughs> heard of Roadrunner Records? oh, my God. Um, Which apparently is still a, a real label, by the way. is it even though Slipknot's no longer on it? Yeah, well, they were also like, weren't they bought up by another bigger label like Sony or something like that? And I only say that because I saw a band was like just recently this week signed to them. Don't remember which one, but yeah. Oh, they're under Electra. Electra, okay. I didn't know that Electra was still around either, man. <laughs> Our current artists that are on Roadrunner's page, uh, electra.com slash Roadrunner Records, by the way. Mm Dinosaur Pile Up. -hmm. Okay. Go Gojira. Uh huh. Highly Suspect. Motionless and White. This says Slipknot still. Uh, I think they would disagree. Something called Static Dress. Mm -hmm. Stone Sour. Uh, we'll see about that one, too. I don't even know if they're a band anymore. Yeah, it seems like they're pretty well done with each other. Theory of a Dead Man, still. Still a band. Trivium, still. And Turnstile. I see. <clears throat> Boy, Turnstile is the only one that's still like <clears throat> really doing it, are they? Uh, Pretty much. no. Interesting. Oh, yeah, Deaf Heaven. That's who it was. Deaf Heaven signed Oh. with Roadrunner Records. Huh. All right. I That guess seems I... like a bad business decision. They should not have done that. That was a mistake. I mean, they were previously on Sergeant House, so it's a step up, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you can sign to a label that's not based in a punk house, you should probably do that. With <laughs> a, a creep at the head of it. I mean, that just goes without saying. It's a punk house. Mm. Um, interesting. Uh, have you seen uh, all of the... Um, the album cycle release uh, promotion work that Carrie King has been doing. I have. We've talked a little bit about it just because it's been teased for so long ever since Right. the Slayer quote-unquote breakup. I Right. still think they're going to get back together at some point because they're probably going to need money. Yes. But it's it's been one of those things where it's like, well, Carrie King's going to put out new music. Here's a possible name for the project. It's coming out soon, we promise. And they I actually filed through with their threat and put out new music this week. I thought calling it King Eight Ten was a big mistake, but what do I know? You know. Um, no, he uh, he got an interview with Rolling Stone uh, because they're pretty hard up nowadays, I guess. Uh, in which he decided that he was going to, you know, basically make beef with every person uh, that used to be associated with Slayer. Yeah, it was the festivist version of Carrie King's life. Um, which I support, you know, I think it's great. He knows that he needs to make a big press splash to, to try to get some attention on his new project. Uh, and if that comes at the cost of, uh, you know, 
making enemies with his uh, former bandmates of 40 fucking years. Uh, so be it, which more power to you, man. I'm a hater at heart, too. Um, I suppose they did take money away from him by breaking up. They did. Uh, they owed him staying together so he could continue to uh, afford. Uh, the fuck does Kerry King even buy? Like jewelry? Snakes. Snakes. Yeah. He does seem yeah, like he's a guy. snake farmer. That's what he does in his spare time. God, that checks out. He's not married, is he? <laughs> I think he is. Weird. I think he has okay. kids. What? <laughs> he strikes me as the most single man alive. How is that possible? All right. Well, he needs someone to help carry all those snakes to the <laughs> conventions and expos. So I guess so. Um, so he uh, he said that uh, uh, Dave Lombardo was dead to him. He uh, he hoped that yeah, he hoped he fucking died. <laughs> Says quote fuck that guy. Uh, to which I got to say, like I've never really heard anybody say anything bad about Dave Lombardo until right now. How about you? Yeah, he's probably out of everyone in that band, probably. At least the original members, not yeah. uh, complained about. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, of course, that was a fight over money. Of course. Uh, of course it is. Uh, with the thing with Tom Araya, though, uh, he says that he hasn't spoke to him uh, in about five years now. He says not even a text, not even an email. Uh, I've talked to everybody else from the band on the phone, text, email. If Tom hit me up, I'd probably respond. It probably depends on what he hit me up for, but I don't wish him dead at this moment. Uh, which is such a <laughs> fucking later. Such a fucking Moses lack thing to say. <laughs> I do not wish him any particular harm at this time. Yeah. Um I'm a well wisher. Yeah. Uh, he says that uh, they were never real on the same page, joking that if he were to say the sky was blue, the former frontman would be a contrarian and say it's white. The two never saw eye to eye. King said he'd happily share a tequila shot with him before parting ways, stating that he doesn't see them hanging out anytime soon because we are very different people. Um, and then in another press piece, he uh, claims that he has actually been playing bass on all of these records since the early 90s, uh, which seems like another diss track. What do you think? Well, that's uh, I'd like to see him back up those claims. So I did um, see footage of um, Kerry King playing bass uh, back when he still had hair in Slayer. So there may be something to it. Uh, I got to say... Mm. Claiming that you play bass in Slayer is kind of like claiming that you're the lead guitarist for Machine Gun Kelly's band. So I'm not like super impressed with it, but what do you know? What do you what do you, what do you got to say? <laughs> you might as well say you're also playing Triangle in, in Slayer at that point. <laughs> I actually play the keg in Slipknot. <laughs> Trying to impress goals at a party. I'm lead keg in Slipknot. <laughs> um I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think about all of this uh, beef out of nowhere? Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? I'm sure he's had a, a lot of time to think about this and ruminate over just 40 years of problems with people. And now is the time where he can finally talk about it just because he is the band is at least at this point, no more in terms of making new music or playing live. Uh, I still think they're going to get back together at some point. If, Danzig and Jerry only can be on stage for 45 minutes and get $500,000 per uh, show or whatever amazing deals that they have. Slayer can do it, though. You don't got to talk to the guy. Just play the songs, right? Yeah. 
It's so great with Dan Zig and Jerry only that they clearly don't even practice because it sounds like fucking shit. Because <laughs> they don't need to. <clears throat> yep, they already got my money, the fucking sucker that I am. And through, I'm looking at the Rolling Stone interview now, and uh, who says journalism is dead when they talk about him giving this interview in a Mexican restaurant and specifically mention in between bites of chips and guac, he says. Yeah, I can I can definitely picture him like spitting, uh, you know, little food particles all over the interviewer. Just his braided beard covered in guacamole bits. He strikes me as someone who chews with his mouth open. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, um, that you know, and you know what? That's enough to, uh, you know, to cause your successful band to break up. I think if I had to be around somebody that was, you know, chewing and spitting their food all the time loudly, I think I would. Uh, well, I would probably, uh, you know, Euronymous them. To be honest with you. <laughs> In this interview, he's asked why they didn't call the band Carrie King, mm-hmm. or why did you decide not to call it that? And he says, "I didn't. It was going to be King's Reign." For a long time, which is really cool. Is it? But even with that one, I went to the guys like, I'm not a vain dude. I don't want my name to be a part of it. We talked about Blood Rain for a while, which I want to remind people is a terrible series of horror movies. Hmm. And video games, obviously. Wait, oh, yeah, yeah, work. yeah. The uh, the sexy vampire one. <laughs> right. Every time I came up with anything remotely cool, it was taken by some obscure band in Eastern Europe. Oh, you fucking It became asshole. Carrie King because I love that logo, mm-hmm. it, which is a backwards K next to a regular looking K and some sort of crowny inverted crucifix dealy. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty fucking lazy. Mm. But, you know, he's... Have you uh, heard this song? No, man. I don't need to. I know what it is. <laughs> well, you're right. It's exactly what you think it is. Uh, do you want? Yeah, do you want to describe it? It's a Slayer song with okay. the guy from uh, Mark Aseguero, who is in Death Angel, uh, doing his best Tom Araya hmm. impersonation. I saw another headline the other day that Phil Demmel has had to hide his involvement with Kerry King's band for four years now, and to which I say, who cares? <laughs> Who fucking cares? Like, oh shit, Phil's doing this. Oh my God. I wasn't going to listen before, but now that he's involved and I, I do like in the same news cycle that this came out and he's involved, he also left violence. Yeah. Again, who, who fucking cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> um, I saw another headline the other day that um, <clears throat> this is a lot, a lot all in one go. So if you'll permit me to get the headline out, we can we can talk about it afterwards, okay? Okay. From Blabbermouth. Watch. Pantera joined by Chris Jericho for Walk performance in Tampa. Is that the most racist set of words you've ever heard in your life? Maybe not the most, but it's it's not looking good. <laughs> um so I know you're a big wrestling guy. Uh, what's what's Jericho been up to aside from uh, doing walk with Phil and Selmo? Uh, there's also a video of him. Do, I think he's on some cruise dressed up like David Bowie, but more like Ronald McDonald warbling <laughs> through covers. But uh, the big thing that he's been dealing with now is he's been accused by another wrestler of uh, improprieties and hmm. such. So, uh, now when he's wrestling, uh, 
they're doing like taped backstage segments so people don't boo him. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Um, you know, I, I gotta say, impropriety in professional wrestling. Are you sure, Jordan? I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Uh, I have enjoyed, uh, well, enjoy is not the right word. Uh, I've enjoyed watching the downfall of Vince McMahon finally, I guess. Uh, it's pretty so, horrifying. Pretty horrifying because he's been like, you know, accused of uh, like, you know, uh, basically sex trafficking. Um, but uh, seeing uh, him finally mercifully uh, destroyed, um, seeing, um, you know, Triple H start sweating it. Uh, being a company man all these years and uh, seeing uh, Brock Lesnar uh, completely erased uh, from the WWE. I think that's, I think that's fun. I think that's neat. Yeah. But you also got to remember that this is all coming out after they're all billionaires. Thanks to being bought out by Ari Emanuel's company. Ah, yeah, that's true. Damn. You can't really win with these people. Can you? Nope. And I'm sure if anything, we're able to go to trial years of appeals and delays uh, Vince McMahon will never see the inside of a jail. It's a damn shame. It is a damn shame. Uh, other headlines here, uh, if you're okay with moving on a bit. <clears throat> are you familiar with the? Are you familiar with the Ink Carceration Music and Music and Tattoo Festival? Yes, I believe they're one of our go-to's for talking about generic American hard rock and heavy metal festivals. It's like them and Carolina Rebellion and yeah. uh, Rocklahoma. You know, Rocklahoma is the my go-to for a funny name for a festival, but incarceration really is just the most like insidious of all of them, like holding it in a prison. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of fucked. Uh, calling it. Inc oh, I didn't realize they actually do that. Yeah, it's at the Ohio State Reformatory Prison in Mansfield, Ohio. <laughs> So I assume it's not an active prison. No, not anymore. No. Um, so it's not like uh, Metallica's Saint Anger, where you're sticking a bunch of teenagers in an active prison to see uh, bad omens. Incarceration. So half of that is it's a tattoo festival. So if you really want, you can get uh, a Taz uh, wearing a backwards baseball cap uh, tattooed next to your penis uh, while you get to listen to Breaking Benjamin. Which sounds pretty good to me. How about you? I, how else are you supposed to listen to Breaking Benjamin? I know, right? Uh, so this uh, headline here says that the last three years have been consecutive sellouts for incarceration, incarceration, uh, to which I again say we are so out of it with whatever is popular with real people, aren't we? Yeah, we've known that for a long time. Sometimes it just feels even more disorienting. Uh, headliners at this, are you ready for this? Uh, are you ready? I am ready now. Okay. Uh, Shinedown is the top build act here. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, followed by Godsmack and, of course, the Breaking Benjamins. But that's not all, Jordan. It says you have tons of fan favorites like The Offspring, Bad Omens, Hailstorm, Parkway Drive, I Prevail, that band that I think that we always forget about uh chevelle dropkick murphy's hollywood and dead machine head seven dust and the who as well as chimera's first u.s festival appearance in 14 years well they're from ohio so oh okay yeah yeah 
that yeah. makes more sense than just any old festival. Uh, it says Brent Smith of Shinedown says we're currently in the studio working on new music for Shinedown number eight. We will only be playing a select amount of live shows this year. But when the opportunity came to us to headline this year's incarceration, there was no hesitation whatsoever. We are so honored to be a part of the greatest show and to share the stage with such extraordinary artists and the greatest fans in the world. Let's go in headlines with like 17 exclamation points. It's always the greatest fans in the world, isn't it? The greatest fans in the world. Yeah. It's never like, ah, oh, we got to play in front of these pieces of shit again, do we? <laughs> I, don't know, I always kind of respect it when an artist clearly has contempt for their audience. Um, like you know, Tool? Like, well, yeah, but I just hate those guys so much. <laughs> Who wouldn't hate Tool fans? It's, it's held on the same, it's held on the grounds of the same prison that was used for the Shawshank Redemption. Really? Hmm. What a historic, awful place. Uh, looking at the full lineup is just, man, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal here. Uh, you got acts like, um, let's see, Skillet <clears throat> and uh, all of, yeah, all the butt rock things. Uh, As I Lay Dying, bad, bad Wolves, uh, Trust Company, Il Nino, Upon Oof. a Burning Body, Fit for a King, Cold. Stop. Stop. Just, Cold is still a band. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, fat, I think they're putting out new music still. What else are you going to do? I guess Fat Back, uh, that would be the uh, former guy from uh, Five Finger Death Punch. I thought it was God's... Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Chelsea Grin, Attack Attack, who is, again, I had no idea Attack Attack was still a band after all these years. Uh, all Shall Perish, Veil of Maya, Mushroom Head. You know, of course, they got to be there. Uh, they're from Ohio. Yeah, uh, a band called Vampires Everywhere with an exclamation mark at the end. Uh, and that's and, different from Johnny Depp's band with Alice Cooper, right? Yes, that is. That's and, Hollywood Vampires. Yes. And then Poison the Well, which hmm. seems very out of place with everything else here. Uh, you want, I got to read the names at the very bottom, the ones that nobody knows, right? Oh, those are the best ones. <clears throat> uh, so the last one that I'm familiar with is Hunt the Dinosaur, right? You're familiar yes, with them. Yes, we've covered them on the show before. That yeah. is Roller Athos's favorite band. Yep. Uh, <laughs> goes us. Uh, underneath that, we have American Dream Machine. You know them? Uh, Dusty Rhodes, right? Yeah, that's that's him. Uh, Kingdom of Giants. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't American Dream Machine the name of Dennis's band in Always Sunny? Oh, uh, it's some kind of dream machine there. Fuck. What Electric it? Dream Machine. Was it Technicolor Dream Machine? Something it, like that. Something if, like that. If, they, if they do Day Man, then they're okay by me. Absolutely. Um, a band called, and this is all uh, put together, 1056 with a period at the end. So T-E-N-5-6 period, which is very... New metal, very, very new I've metal. I've seen that before. Mm -hmm. uh, the behest of serpents. Calm down. Uh, Hanan, Hanan, Hanananan. Uh, Kill streak. Uh, Widow seven, which I believe was a GameCube game, and closing it out, a band called Nailed Shut Ma. Nailed Shut Ma. Nailed Shut. 
Ma, M-A. Like mother? That's what I'm getting out of. Maybe they meant to be like nailed shut Massachusetts, but I'm getting they nailed shut my mother. <laughs> Those names all sound aggressively Ohio. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Like Ohio metalcore band that won a battle of the bands and they get to be the smallest name on this festival playing at 845 on a side stage. Yeah. Um, it says incarceration is co-produced by Danny Wimmer presents one of the largest independent producers of destination music festivals in America and reincarceration LLC, a partnership that formed with the original founders of Inc in 2021 uh, which I feel like you, we've never really talked about Danny Wimmer Presents, have we? No, I don't believe we have. I think that that's probably something to do a little bit of homework with uh, over the uh, over the future here. I think that we're going to find a few interesting things with old Danny Wimmer. Do you have anything specific in mind or are you just hopeful? I am, I'm, I'm fishing here, but you know, we've never been wrong. <laughs> so uh, a guy like a, a, a guy in the music uh, promotion space uh, being shady would not be unheard of, I don't think. What do you think? All you got to do is Google Danny Women Presents and Controversy and see what comes up. No, we'll, we'll look through some tax filings here. Um, I'm I don't seeing know. some lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if uh, we've, we've talked about this in particular, but um, Biohazard is making a comeback. To which I say, why? Why now? Um, have you seen anybody excited about this Biohazard uh, reunion? Other than Biohazard fans, probably not. I, I mean, like, I haven't, I have not seen any, like, Biohazard fans about this either. Um, it seems like this is not something that's going to have any purchase with the youth. <laughs> and, like, the uh, the OG Biohazard fans are all safely put away. <laughs> They're safely incarcerated, is yes. what you're saying? Yes, yes, correct. I I don't know. You got part nostalgia. I think part of it, too, is that there's not a lot of resurgence or, like, new excitement for a new style of music. And, you know, we've seen some new metal bands get re-upped again. People talking about Limp Bizkit, for example. And so I guess why not? It's been however long since they've done anything, and throw them on some festivals and for the people that actually remember them, they can be into tales from the hard side. And I don't know. I guess that's it. I guess so. It seems, uh, I don't know. It just seems unnecessary. I know that you and I have been excited for this for a long time, but unfortunately we're going to have to wait a little bit longer uh, for John Schaefer's sentencing. Uh, his lawyers have requested again, uh, a delay in sentencing from the judge, which it believes that they're gonna they're gonna get a little more time. So hopefully he can drop a few more dimes. <laughs> they keep denying our dreams of seeing his mugshot. I know, I know. Do you know he's only fifty five years old? Well, he does not look fifty five years old. He looks much older. Yeah, I I thought he was in his sixties at this point, but uh, no, it's, it's I guess uh, living the compound lifestyle will do that to you. It's uh, eating all the tinned meat and beans and having no sunlight and plus having that like white goat beard makes yeah. him look much older. Yeah. I'm sure his blood pressure is through the roof. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope that he's staying on top of his, uh, you know, his uh, beta, beta blockers. 
Um, it's so, just a, a government conspiracy to block you from getting the truth. So um, <clears throat> part of this is a plea to try to wait out a uh, Supreme Court ruling uh, on uh, on Fisher uh, versus uh, the United States to try to uh, see if maybe he can get his uh, basically racketeering charges dropped down to something much more minor. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm looking forward to <clears throat> I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out for him. I think regardless, the damage is done, and he's probably not safe to like live a normal life after this. Probably not. And he's going to try to make music again. You know, he will. And I'm sure he'll find some label to put it out, albeit a smaller one than what he's used to. And I don't know, maybe he'll do Sons of Liberty stuff again. Like w After all that's happened, he must still feel the same way politically, right? Like he hasn't seen the light or whatever, changed his ways. He's just he got in trouble for it. Well, but. I mean, his, if you go from the original uh, position of like, this government is illegitimate, and it is actually a huge scam played upon the citizens, and then you see yourself uh, in your life torn apart by that same government, I got to say, you're probably just going to double down on that. But at the same time, with you know the whole government bad thing, he threw all his eggs in one Trump basket, who has not come to swoop in and save him. It's very funny that given ample opportunity to pardon these people, Trump is like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> so it's like government bad for him, but also not government bad for him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Much, to, much to ponder here. I have, I have plenty of time to think about all that. Uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, is there anything else that you want to uh, discuss on this uh, this episode before we call this out so I can get off to Mexico? So what you doing on your trip? Uh, I'm getting my entire, entire chest tattooed. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to, and uh, I don't know if people know this, but uh, Mexico City has so many great tattoo artists uh, and the cost of living is completely different there. So um it's it's a lot cheaper to to get like a ten star tattoo from a ten star artist. Uh, it's worth the flight alone for that. I gotta say. Uh, so, gonna be in pain for a lot of it, but it'll be fun. It'll be worth it. So, what are you getting like Thug Life across your chest? Yeah, uh, that's that's exactly what I'm getting, Jordan. I'm getting like um, Crips on one side of my chest and Bloods on the other one, and then Unity in the middle, so nobody thinks I'm taking sides. <laughs> And then SpongeBob in the middle. <laughs> SpongeBob wearing a cholo hat, uh, counting money, <laughs> holding one red handkerchief and one blue handkerchief. <laughs> yeah, that's no, what exactly. are you really getting? I'm getting a giant bird across my chest. Well, which bird? Uh, you know what? I haven't decided. I told the artist like uh, I don't want an eagle, so we'll see what he we'll see that's what good. he does. Yeah. Uh, Flamingo. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for like a, a crane or an egret, you know, one of the long neck birds. I like, I like birds. <laughs> Give me the dumbest bird you can find in my chest. Yes. Um, I don't know. Mexico City in particular. I went uh, back in like, I don't know, 2018 or so uh, with a friend who had grown up there. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's a really fun place to visit. Um, again, your dollar goes pretty far. 
You can see some really fucking great Lucha uh, matches if you get your tickets well in advance because that shit sells out every single show. Um, you can see some pyramids, which I saw the last time. It was awesome. Uh, you get to see drink polke, which is a fermented beverage made from cactus, which is awesome. Uh, and the food's great. Highly like overall, really great place to visit. Uh, so yeah, just gonna spend a week there looking at things, getting tattooed, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that sounds like a nice time off. I'll watch the news to see if you show up. I mean, it's it seems like a pretty chill place. Nothing, you're probably not going to get like, you know, cartelled or anything there. It's not like, uh, you know, Madame Morris or anything. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm the reason why this, uh, this show is a little bit late is because I'm already gone. So I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, and oh, yeah, if uh, a couple of extra T-shirts left over, you can email me um, if you want one. Uh, I sent one out to a guy that emailed me yesterday because he got on top of it while there was one left in his size. So good for him. Um, anything else, Jordan? You can email us at totalofhell at gmail.com, totalofhellradio at gmail.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Blue Sky, Instagram. Uh, say hi to us. Tell us stories. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, and tell other people about the show because the more people listen, the better the show is. That's how it goes. Uh, all right, everybody. We'll see you next time.
You're listening to 66.6 FM. Radio TOVH. The Flush.